You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. choose your last meal, what would it be? Or if you have kids, maybe you ask the question this way, if they were on a deserted island and they could only choose one meal to eat all the time, what would they choose? Would it be pizza? Would it be ribs or wings or Chinese food? Maybe you have a family tradition of a really good lasagna or spaghetti recipe. Or maybe some of you are thinking automatically about dessert. You're thinking about several scoops of ice cream or a big piece of chocolate cake or pecan pie or apple pie. Maybe some of you are also thinking about, okay, well with my meal, I also want to have my, my Big Red or my Coke or Diet Coke or Dr. Pepper or a glass of wine with it. I, I, my wife was reminding me the other day about how my oldest son, uh, there was a time that uh, when he was little, uh, he went around church and he was telling people, hey, uh, my dad drinks beer. And the funny thing is I don't like the taste of beer. And I'm like, I don't know where he's getting this from. So I, I end up questioning him. And as it turns out, he was talking about the root beer that we drink. And we were making root beer floats. You just never know what, what kids would say. But to this day, several of our kids love root beer. And we, we've been in a series called The Table, and, and we've been talking about meals that Jesus have with, with people. And, and the meal that we're going to look at in Luke chapter 22 is, is called the, the Last Supper. It's the last meal that Jesus has before he goes to the cross. And actually, this meal is a Passover meal. Luke tells us this five different times. And, and you can find the details of the first Passover meal in Exodus chapter uh, 12. It was eaten the night before the Exodus when God liberated his people from slavery in Egypt. Each family was told to kill a flawless lamb and dab the blood around their doorpost. And then they roasted the lamb and ate, ate it with the unleavened bread. And, and, and that night the Lord passed over the houses that were dabbed with blood and he killed uh, the firstborn in every Egyptian home. And, and after this, Pharaoh finally uh, allowed the Israelites to go free. God used the Passover lamb to rescue God's people from slavery, and it rescued them uh, from death by dying in their place. And, and so this is Jesus' last meal before the cross. He, he would have had uh, a lamb and unleavened bread and bitter herbs and olives and bean stew and pistachios and dates and, and wine. And this meal told the story of the first Passover. Each course they had would have told a different aspect of this story. Well, what I find interesting in this meal was not only what Jesus ate, but who he ate with. Who would you have a last meal with? If you were on a deserted island, who would you want to be there with? I think most of us automatically say our spouses, our kids, or maybe our extended family, maybe our close friends. Maybe I would want to have it with my life group that has become just like family uh, for me. 
Maybe it would be some people that I'm trying to disciple. Maybe it would be someone that doesn't know Christ, and, and I would think, hey, if, if this is my last meal, this is my last opportunity, maybe I'd pour my heart out to them and encourage them to, to turn their life over to Jesus. Uh, who did Jesus invite to his last meal? He had the 12 uh, disciples. The, we call them the capital D disciples, the apostles. And, and these men have been following him for three years. And, and we don't have time to cover all 12 uh, disciples, but I just want to pull out four, four of these disciples that were at the table uh, that day. And, and, and I just want to kind of spotlight them. I, I love how Clayton King, another pastor, characterized these four. He said the first one, or the first one that I want to spotlight is John, and that's the one he loves, the, the one that, that Jesus loves. John 19, 26 says, When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple whom he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here's your, your son. And, and he said to, to this disciple, John, here's your mother. And from then on, this disciple took care of her into his home. And Jesus had a love for John, this, this fisherman. And John loved him. And, and I picture this big masculine fisherman. But he had this tender love for Jesus. Him and his brother uh, were called the sons of thunder. Uh, they, they had some anger issues. But I think Jesus transformed his heart. And if you read through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, you, you'll see love throughout these books. You'll see that Jesus invited John to the table because he was loved. And if you love Jesus, you have a seat at the table. You don't earn it. It's by God's grace. And some of you can relate to John. You love Jesus. You love praying. You love worshiping. You love reading God's Word. You love spending time with Him. You love being connected to Him. And if you love Jesus, he says, you're invited to the table. Secondly, you see a guy named Thomas. The one who questions Jesus, or the one who has questions. Well, we often call him Doubting Thomas because after Jesus died and resurrected, Thomas said, I, I've got to see the wounds before I will believe. I, I want to see the scars. I, I want to see exactly where the nails were before, before I'll believe that Jesus truly resurrected. I mean, it wasn't common that people, after they died, came back to life. And so I get where Thomas is coming from. And we, we call him Doubting Thomas, but we also know that Thomas had some courage. If you remember, Jesus' friend Lazarus passed away. And basically, he was going to have to go into enemy territory. People didn't like Jesus there. And, and Thomas said, okay, Jesus, if you want to go, I'll go there and die with you. We'll, we'll, we'll go there. I mean, we're, and, and you see this courage that, that Thomas has. But Thomas was also a man of questions, and he also had some doubt from time to time. And some of you have questions, and some of you have doubts, and you don't understand everything. And guess what? Jesus still invites you to the table. And I, too, have questions, and I, too, don't understand everything, and I, too, have doubts from time to time. I, I, there, there's many things that I don't understand in the Bible. There's many things that I don't understand about God. I, I was reading about Mother Teresa, and, and Mother Teresa also had seasons of doubt, times of doubt. I was watching a documentary on Tony Campolo and, and his son, who uh, eventually walked away from the faith, and, and his son asked Tony, or 
or Tony's son asked him, he said, Dad, do you ever doubt uh, God? And, and Tony said, yeah, there's, there's times that I have questions. There's times that I have doubts. Sometimes I wonder uh, about everything that's going on. He said, but they're just seasons. But he said, something that often comes to my mind is found in Mark 9, 24. It's where a demon-possessed boy is healed, and, and, and Jesus is talking to this boy's father, and he says, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I, I can relate to that statement, right? Uh, help me believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. There, there's times that we have questions. Sometimes we have doubts and sometimes we have fears. But Jesus says, you're invited to the table. You, you have a place here. You don't have to have everything figured out to come and worship with me. And then we see another disciple, Peter, probably the most famous of all of the apostles. The, the person who will deny Christ. And this is Peter's last meal with Christ before he actually denies him three times. Uh, Peter was sold out on Jesus, and Jesus invested so much into him. Uh, Peter, when Jesus was arrested, cut off Malchus's ear. I mean, he, he was ready to fight for Jesus. But when the pressure was on, when the pressure was on, he ended up denying Christ three times. And maybe you haven't denied Christ like Peter, but maybe you didn't speak up when the Holy Spirit was leading you. Maybe it was out of fear. Maybe you didn't under want a label that you're one of those over-the-top, zealous Christians. But have you ever thought that by not saying something can be a sin? Not speaking up for injustice? And when you see something wrong, it, 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 it can be a sin? Not doing something can be a sin. Being lukewarm is a, is a sin. And I have to admit that there are times that I haven't represented Christ well. There's times that I haven't spoken up. There's times that I've lost my temper. Times that I've said things and did things that I'm not, I'm not proud of. And, and many times I've felt in my walk with Christ, just like Peter. Yet he still invites us to the table. And Peter's next meal with Jesus is on the beach, and it becomes a meal of restoration. And some of you today, you've blown it and you've been living in shame. And Jesus says, come and sit at the table. You don't need to be perfect. I will forgive you. And then lastly, I want to mention this disciple that was at the table, the betrayer, Judas. And Luke, 22, Luke chapter 22, verse 29. But here at this table, sitting among us, as a friend, is the man who will betray you. For it, for it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what sorrow waits for the one who betrayed him? The disciples began to ask each other, which of them would, would ever do such a thing? But Jesus eats with the man who would later betray him for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. Jesus had invested in this man for, for three years. He, he washed his feet. Yet this man still turned away. You can still be at church every week and still miss Jesus. And I think Judas was prideful and I think he was arrogant and I think he was greedy and he may have been hunger, hungry for power. And maybe thought, man, if I betray him, I'll force him to be the Messiah. I'll force him to overthrow the Romans and, and then I'll get my place of power. If you keep on reading in, in this chapter, you'll see the disciples 
Uh, they they want a place of power. And, and Jesus ends up telling them, hey, it's not about power. It's about being a servant. And, and Judas never got that. Judas never understood that it was about being a humble servant. I, I wonder if there's times, though, that I'm too not like Judas. Maybe I have greed and I have pride and, and I, too, hunger for, for power and status and popularity and I develop idols in my life. And maybe I don't betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but maybe I've betrayed him to, to move up in status. Maybe I put Jesus aside for my own popularity. Yet despite our mess, Jesus says, come and eat with me. And Peter and Judas both fell. Judas ended up, after his failure, ended up taking his life. But both of them had a chance for forgiveness. And for you, that maybe you've struggled, maybe you've stumbled, Jesus says that you can be forgiven. You're still invited to the table.